one of the biggest factors for having hard water is your hot water tank. It can really decrease the life of your hot water tank or your tankless water heater. Hi, I'm Jason Scott, and this is iloveedmontonrealestate.com. My guest today is Kevin Cordy, who is the owner of Butler Plumbing here in Edmonton. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. So, Kevin, how did you end up uh, becoming a plumber and starting Butler Plumbing? Uh, interesting story. I was 18 years old out of high school, and my dad used to manufacture PVC pipe. So he had a lot of good connections in the plumbing industry in Edmonton, and uh, I was always interested uh, in a good career that could lead to uh, something worthwhile in life. And uh, I knew a lot of plumbers around, and uh, he hooked me up with a job, so it worked out great. Okay, so you got you did your apprenticeship, got your journeyman's ticket, and then uh, at what point did you start Butler Plumbing? Uh, it was pretty early on, yeah. I was... Probably a journeyman for about three years and decided to go on my own. So um, I felt like I was ready for it and it was a good decision. And, uh, you know, gained experience along the way for sure. But I had a, a good uh, foundation to build on. I worked for a couple of good companies when I was apprenticing. Okay. So now your company does residential and commercial plumbing. What I want to focus on today is the residential side of things. So what are some of the more common issues that you get called for if someone is buying a, a home and you know they've done their inspection and, and there are issues? What typically are those issues you're seeing? Um, a lot of them come down to the drain. It's almost like some people will be selling a house because they've had issues with their drain before, right? So, so which drain do you mean? We're talking the main sewer drain leaving the building. So it's very typical for us to get a call um, when a homeowner has been in a, a new house for, you know, one or two months and the drain's backing up all of a sudden. And uh, a lot of times that has to do with the condition of the drain. It might be tree roots or an improperly installed pipe. Usually there's some indication there, yeah. So I buy this house. It's got uh, issues with the drain. I call you and then what do you do? We have to go in and auger it out because usually at that point there's a backup. So we'll open up a clean out and take our equipment down the line and uh, clear it. Um, at that point, we usually advise you to, to get a scope on this line. And then we can tell if, they're, if the pipe is compromised or if it was just a, a one-off issue. That's probably why it's important to do a scope on your drain when you're buying a house. So as part of the inspection process, you do the scoping of the line? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very worthwhile uh, to have your drain scoped when you're purchasing a house. Absolutely. So, so is that something that you could help people with? We definitely can. Yeah, for sure. Um, there may be some house inspectors that do, but probably typically more, uh, you'd probably rather have a plumber uh, opening up those clean outs and, and pulling toilets and putting them back on to get access into the line. Yeah, I know from personal experience and client's experience that, uh, you know, in older parts of Edmonton, the drain lines were made from interesting material, uh, you know, bricks, I guess, in some cases. Uh, I've heard of uh, tar-covered uh, cardboard uh, paper lines, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How common is that that you run into that? Yeah, a lot of houses that were built kind of after the war. So there's a lot of neighborhoods uh, where the houses were built in the 50s. And uh, cast iron in the house for sure. But yeah, on that, the drain leading from the house out to the street. Yeah, you're going to see that tar paper 
or no corrode pipe. And uh, it ends up going from a nice round shape to an oblong shape uh, as the ground settles on it and uh, makes it really hard to get an auger down actually. Um, some of our tools can actually cut that pipe open. So we do have to be pretty careful when we go in there. Okay. So basically what happens is the pipe collapses over time. That's correct. And does it ever completely collapse? Uh, it definitely can for sure. Yeah, we've seen it. And then what happens is you take your we go in with our auger and we'll auger straight through the pipe and we'll actually be pulling back dirt or clay. And that's an indication that the pipe needs to be changed. Yeah. Right. So yeah. probably only a little bit of liquid is getting through at that point, right? That's right. And it's probably seeping into your backyard. <laughs> Most of the time, these issues don't happen overnight. It's been a gradual decay of the pipe, I guess, more than anything. Yeah, so okay. it's gradual. So let's say you have a pipe that needs to be completely replaced. I mean, that's a major job, isn't it? Yeah, so if we're talking the sewer line going out from the house, um, you'll need a ditching company for that. So, so we could refer you to someone in that case. Yeah, and they make pretty quick work of it. You know, maybe a hole at your house, a hole at the street, and uh, they can push new pipe through. So it's not too invasive. So the odds of your drain line collapsing like that are relatively small in the grand scheme of, of the number of properties in Edmonton. What are some of the more common residential calls that you get for helping people out? A lot of repairs to fixtures and faucets, toilets, showers. We do a lot of water softening as well. So we kind of maintain any water in your house, whether hot water, cold water, we kind of maintain it all. So tell me a little bit more about water softening, because like, what are some of the issues of having hard water? The water that we have here uh, in our area is very hard. And what it can do, when you heat up water, the scale will settle out. So one of the biggest factors for having hard water is your hot water tank. It can really... Uh, decrease the life of your hot water tank or your tankless water heater. Okay. So um, you're like you're getting mineral buildup inside? That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. So as you heat up water, uh, the higher you heat it, actually, the more the minerals will settle out of the water. Okay. So, and then you'll also notice it on, uh, on your fixtures, around your aerators, on your taps, kind of anywhere where you're splashing water as the water evaporates, you're getting that hardness that's kind of sitting around. So it can be uh, troublesome on on the plumbing parts themselves, like the cartridges and the seats and washers and, and your dishwasher. It can cause you a little bit of headache for sure. So Okay, so a water softening system then. How does it eliminate that problem? How does it get rid of this, the hardness? There's a couple different types. A uh, standard water softener will actually do an ion exchange, so it'll take out those hard minerals and uh, replace them with a sodium and then backwash and regenerate itself and flush all those hardness to the drain. Some of the other, there's other uh, kind of similar water softener that will actually bind hardness together so that it's almost too large to settle out. And it'll, it stays in your water and uh, might head down the drain, but it won't have the chance to settle out on your fixtures and on your hot water tank. So hot water tanks, I mean, they'll generally last, what, 10 years, 15 years if you're lucky? Yeah, that's pretty safe. You know, warranties used to be around the 12-year mark, but most of them are about six years now. You can get a few extensions on the warranties by adding some extra parts to your tank, like an anode rod. But typically, 10 years is what we tell people for the life of a hot water tank. And, of course, it depends on, on the number of people in the house and the use. 
if you have a, a couple of two, they could probably stretch out the life of a water heater compared to, you know, a family of six, right? Right, okay. So are, are there any preventative maintenance things that you can do to, to make that tank last longer? Sure, yeah. If you're starting with a new tank, you know, flushing that drain periodically at the bottom can help get some of that scale out of there. A lot of the tanks are designed now uh, with a dip tube that runs down the down the center of the tank and it actually stirs up the water. So we've opened up some tanks and, and really seen that uh, models that have that do that kind of agitation with the dip tube, they don't settle out the hardness too much. So if you haven't flushed out your water heater in 10 years, I, I wouldn't have you running out to do it tomorrow. But yeah, if you've got a new water heater, definitely. One of the biggest things is probably just for maintenance on a water heater is just keeping the air intake clean. So at the bottom of a water heater, it needs air to mix with the gas. And that's probably one of the biggest nuisance calls that we get for homeowners. Um, so just your furnace and your water heater usually end up in, in your laundry room and you might get a lot of lint kind of built up around. So that can choke off your water heater intake screen and uh, shut down your water heater right when you're jumping into the shower. Right, so a quick vacuum of that would help, right? Yeah, best is keeping the room clean is probably the best. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I uh, own a condo and the water tank is exactly that. It's right beside the uh, uh, washer and dryer. And what's interesting about that water heating uh, system is that the laundry detergent, if the cap isn't screwed on properly, right. it seems to trip the uh like it's like an odor system that trips the heat yeah so you probably have a flammable vapor sensor so these tanks get pretty high tech uh, just to make them safer actually and they got a lot of checks and kind of balances that have to be produced before it'll actually fire the gas and one of them is uh, some models of tanks have a vapor sensor on there so they're making sure that you don't have any gasoline or paint or you know any kind of varsol and yeah just like you said, laundry detergent can trip them off too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I learned that one the hard yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> so I would imagine that uh, one major call that you get uh, a lot is related to back uh, flow valves, right? So if, as an example, uh, you know, the city has issues or whatnot, things can start backing up in someone's basement. Yeah, so... You know, we'll get those 100-year storms from time to time in different neighborhoods, and the city's infrastructure just can't handle the water. And, you know, it ends up filling up the sewer and the storm line in the street and has the potential to push that water back into basements of houses. So since the 90s, yeah, we've definitely had to put in backwater valves that can protect a homeowner from that. So... Essentially, any plumbing fixture that you have below street level needs to have that protection on it. So older houses, we need to retrofit that in. A lot of them don't have that protection. So anytime we do a plumbing renovation, we need to put those check valves in place. And, and a lot of homeowners are just looking to have that backwater valve installed on their main for protection. In, in some cases, it can lower their insurance rates as well. So, right. yeah. Is that a very expensive job? It can be for sure. It depends on where the valve needs to go, but it's always going to entail breaking some concrete 
and uh, digging down and accessing the pipes. Some of them are fairly straightforward, kind of in and out. Some of them, there can be a lot of plumbing fittings in there that we need to reroute and change. So yeah, they, it can vary quite a bit. There's a grant as well, you know, EPCOR sets aside uh, some money from time to time for different neighborhoods. So yeah, there's usually a program that can help subsidize, you know, maybe a third of it. Right. Yeah. And just jumping back a bit to the uh, drain replacement. Now that's a major job, right? Like that's 10,000 bucks kind of thing. Yeah. You can probably get up in the neighborhood of that for sure, depending on how much it needs to change and kind of where and and what you got to do. Right. Okay. So if I'm buying a house and, you know, we're doing the house inspection, are there types of pipes, so either supply lines or drain lines, that I should be more cautious about? Definitely, for sure. Um, One of the big ones is uh, poly B piping. So sometimes it's hard to recognize or to differentiate it between PEX and poly B. Poly B was put in kind of early, mid-90s. It's gray. It's pretty noticeable. Then you'll find there's some pecs that may be a little bit discolored, but pecs is typically clear or white or have a different, a red or a blue coating on it. Mm-hmm. So if you look close enough, you can definitely tell that you've got poly B. And what's the issue with poly B? So poly B, it just wasn't the best pipe that was made. And it did have issues as far as pinholes and cracks and deteriorating. I think a lot of it was left out in the sun at the suppliers and uh, and it deteriorated before they got a chance to catch that and you know properly store it gotcha so there's definitely some houses that have that in place we can change out poly b in a in an entire house for sure some houses haven't had an issue whatsoever so it, it kind of depends you know one thing to look if you're looking into buying a house Definitely budget on having to change out that poly B. If it happens to have it. Yeah, yeah if it happens to have it, uh, you know, it can be, for some people, I know of some people selling houses with poly B and you get the person to come look at it and they might walk away if they see it, right? right. So it's one of those things. So if you do take that house on with that poly B, you know, if you're ever looking to uh, sell that house, you got to be ready for that as well. Right. So let's say a house had all the the supply lines yeah. were poly B and we're talking two bathrooms and a kitchen and maybe a utility room. Mm-hmm. What sort of cost would that be? Probably a bungalow. You're looking, uh, you know, a couple thousand, 2,500 for something pretty simple. Um, when you get into two story houses, you're easily doubling that if not more. Yeah. Depending on what we need to get at. A lot of times, it's also worthwhile to upgrade some plumbing fixtures at the same time. To replace all the piping, we do need to get at behind the showers and the tubs. Okay. So it's usually those, the fixtures that are in there are usually from the 90s as well. So right. you may as well, you know, start fresh, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're always going to have a few uh, drywall holes to patch as well, right? So yeah. we're pretty decent at limiting that, but there'll always be a couple. I guess another issue I've heard in the past is buying older homes where there's weeping tile issues or sump pumps were never installed. Really quickly, what's weeping tile and then how do you fix the problem? So weeping tile is going to be a a pipe that's run typically on the outside of your house down at the footing level on your foundation there and uh, is going to collect groundwater as it seeps into the ground and direct it into your house 
and either drain it out into a storm line or into a sump barrel, which then gets a sump pump will pump it to the exterior and maybe do a storm drain or maybe just surface on the surface and have it grade away from your property. So if you have any kind of water issues like cracks in your foundation, and sometimes you don't even need a crack, there just is a seam where the slab meets the, the foundation and where that pipe comes up through the floor, there's a seam, it's not gonna be perfectly watertight. If you get enough hydraulic pressure from outside, you know, as the water table gets higher and higher, it's gonna push that water into your basement. You might even see, some houses you might see uh, almost like a residue, kind of a white residue on the concrete floor too, and that's an indication that you've got water underneath, right? Okay, that residue is minerals or salts, right? Exactly, yeah, so the, the water's kind of evaporating off. You're not even really seeing it happen, but it is happening and it's leaving that residue, yeah. Right, that's efflorescence thing? That's oh, exactly okay. it, yeah. I'm, good. I'm glad you tried okay, to say see? it. I wasn't gonna try to pronounce it. <laughs> if the whole mortgage thing doesn't work out, maybe you can hire me as a yeah. plumber, hey? <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, you know, one of the biggest things for people is, yes, water damage. And a lot of times you don't, it's hidden behind walls and you might not be able to see it, right? right. So the biggest thing I tell people is we kind of start from the outside. So number one, you have to make sure your eaves troughs are heading away from your house. Or if they're going into a storm pipe, that storm pipe has to work properly. And also very important is the grade on the outside. If you've got uh, a sloping yard that slopes to your house all that surface water is just coming right to the edge of your house and down and it's just going to tax your weeping tile you know your weeping tile can only pick up so much as well if it's properly working so the best bet is to make sure that you're not using your weeping tile so get the water away from your house before it even needs to right yeah. okay i've heard stories of like houses where they've got a sump pumps running all the time and it's discharging water outside and then yeah. the grate is back towards the house so the water comes back down back into the weeping tile and it's just this endless cycle of the same water going back and forth exactly yeah, yeah exactly so what are some of the uh sort of horror stories that you've worked on lately you know probably the most common horror story would be a renovation that wasn't done properly okay you know i do I feel sorry for people who, who buy a house and it wasn't put together properly. They really don't have any way of knowing. The paint looks good. The drywall is good. It's got some doors and everything looks fine, right? You know, there's a toilet put on, looks great. But if you didn't have a properly installed plumbing system, it's not going to work properly. And, you know, uh, if you don't have your venting done properly, the pipes aren't going to drain properly kind of one thing leads to a next water lines mixed up hot and cold right just nuisance things like that so probably the best bet i can give for people or the best advice is ask if a permit was done for sure that's it's really important and these days it's even more important the homeowner's on the hook for the permit right so if there wasn't one I'd be asking a lot of questions and, and making sure that there's some, maybe some photos of the work that was done. You know, if you buy a house these days and you didn't have a permit or the, the, seller, the seller couldn't produce a permit, um, you can still buy the house no problem. But if you go to sell it, uh, you're on the hook for that right. renovation, right? Because you're the owner of the house. So 
Yeah, so kind of buyer beware, definitely. And I think moving forward, it's going to be really important for for buyers and sellers to kind of be transparent about the work that was being done. Mm-hmm. And the city, like it can be hard to get permits these days and sometimes it's frustrating, but they are doing a really good job. And going forward, it's going to, it'll only benefit the homeowner because they'll have a safe, properly working house. Is there anything else that uh, you think we should talk about that I haven't mentioned? Hydronic systems. So another big part of our business is going to be a, a boiler system and oh, hydronic okay. heating. So, and it's probably something that maybe a home inspector, a lot of times just don't quite have the experience in. So we do kind of a separate inspection for that. So if any of your, any customers are ever wondering about purchasing a house to know what kind of shape the boiler and the in-floor heating is in, it's probably advisable to have us take a look at it. So you know, for a couple hundred dollars, we can definitely give them some good advice, throw some uh, ballpark replacement numbers at them, let them know that there is maintenance that needs to happen yearly on there. A lot of people buy uh, a boiler system and no one ever told them that, you know, there's some yearly maintenance, some water that needs to be maintained, a burner that needs to be maintained. Okay. So yeah, that's probably another a key thing. So a lot of larger houses are going to have a hydronic system, some in-floor heating, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a big investment, so it's worth checking out and making sure that the ducks are in a row. What are some of the issues that can arise if you don't do that annual maintenance? So depending on your boiler, yeah, number one, I mean, CO is is one. So if you've got an older boiler and the, and the flue or the heat exchanger plug up. So you're talking carbon monoxide. Talking carbon monoxide, yeah. And uh, there's a big potential for that. So, and then just, uh, you know, newer boilers and heating systems without proper maintenance, uh, some replacement costs can get crazy. So, you know, if you don't maintain your water and uh, it starts getting very rusty, well, now all of a sudden you're changing pumps more frequently. Pumps aren't cheap and zone valves aren't cheap. So, and even just having a plumber into your house isn't either. So, right. yeah, so kind of making sure that everything is working properly is usually worthwhile for customers. Right. So you should drain your in-floor heating line of the liquid in there and then replace it each year? No, typically we don't need to do that. We're just maintaining the, the pH in it and okay. making sure that, uh, you know, we've got some inhibitors in there so that it doesn't rust. Uh, we typically keep the, the fluid in there. It can stay in there for quite a long time. The only time we would look to dump is if it got really bad and we had to kind of start fresh. So not typically, but uh, there's lots of options for filtering as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So if let's say you had some catastrophic issue with a boiler. I mean, now you have to replace it or I guess do your best to repair parts. Mm-hmm. What can the price range be on that sort of a job? Yeah. So depending on the boiler, I mean, the hydronic systems have so many components. I mean, the boiler is just one part of it. Then you've got external pumps, controllers, you know, filters, zone valve, thermostats, the piping itself, you know, headers, manifolds. So, I mean, you know, a boiler replacement, you could be starting at, uh, you know, say $6,000 and you can go up to probably 25000 wow. Yeah. Big range. Really hard to put a number on. Yeah. So if people are looking at buying acreages, what are the things they need to be aware of with acreage properties? Yeah, so a lot of the same things that you got in the city for sure, but you might be on, uh, you know, you might have a rural water supply and a rural 
drainage as well. So right. a septic system and maybe a, a well or a cistern. So you might have a few extra plumbing components like a pressure tank and a pump. Those are pretty straightforward components. You know, a house inspector might be able to kind of see the age of them and let you know if they're working properly. Right. Now, I can imagine with septic fields, they can uh, get plugged up. and For sure. Uh, so how can you tell when you're doing your inspection? So we don't get too much into that. So I'm more of a city plumber, for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, we can definitely handle some of the pumps and things like that. But we, I've never had to dig up a field or or auger a line out or anything like that. So okay. I'd have to put you in touch with somebody else for that, but definitely maintenance on those and making sure that your, your uh, septic tank, I mean, every couple of years you should be pumping that septic tank out well, to get rid yeah. of the solids for yeah. sure, right? Because if those solids do end up going into that uh, dispersion field, they can plug up those lines. And once the, they plug up, I mean, I think you're digging digging up to fix that, right? <laughs> yeah. so, the back 40 is getting dug up, literally. kind of. Yeah. Thing. And then, I mean, even these days too, for the systems that were put in, you know, a few years back, they're quite different now and there's a little more stringent regulations. So you're probably looking at a pretty good price tag to make a change. And in some cases, they might not be able to go in the same locations. Right. Yeah. So obviously do your diligence on, you know, both the water supply and drainage if you're buying an acreage. Check with a professional that yeah. knows what they're doing for sure. Yeah. yeah. Get the right advice. So Kevin, let's say uh, a person lives in a condo or is planning on buying a condo. Are there any um, things to be aware of when it comes to condos? Absolutely. So we're working with a customer right now who started a renovation uh, in his condo. Uh, this is an apartment. He's up uh, quite high. I think he's the 14th or 15th floor. And um, he's trying to replace some showers and toilets in there. And they're actually, you know, wall-hung toilets. So, you know, the fixtures that he bought can't quite get them to match up. So now he's kind of talking or calling us here to see if he can modify the common plumbing stack to make these work, right? And so... It is turning into quite of a bit of a headache for him, absolutely. Right. Okay, so I'm on a condo board. <laughs> Basically, you own up to the paint in your condo. So if you start digging around in walls and floors and whatnot, you're going to you know, run into issues with insurance and <laughs> whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we carry enough insurance to be working in an apartment like that, but usually a homeowner wouldn't, right? So... Aside from the fact you need uh, to get an approval from your board if you're going to be doing a renovation like that, right? Yeah. So. Well, I could see a disaster happening if uh, someone starts biting off more than they can chew, or even if it's a simple job, but they do it incorrectly where you could get flood issues. There's a, a lot of potential to the, the type of piping that you need to use in a high rise. You know, it's, it's not the type of piping that you find at the hardware store to hook up your plumbing lines, right? So we've actually got plumbing lines that need to, you know, handle flame and smoke ratings. And uh, so, yeah, there's oh, a, little more, a little more involved than uh, just running to the hardware store and hooking up your plumbing, doing it, the renovation. Yeah, yeah. It's a question of you don't even know what you don't know kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's interesting. Let's say, um, you know, you had a family member who lived across the country and, and they've run into an issue. Uh, how would you go about recommending they select a plumber? 
Word of mouth is the best. So, I mean, everybody that you talk to has probably had to use a plumber at some time or another. So definitely talk to friends and and neighbors and family. There's usually going to be a plumber in the neighborhood and uh, talk to the people and yeah, and ask if uh, what kind of service they gave and if they felt that they were knowledgeable. I think knowledge is a big thing. It's easy to get to a call quickly for a plumbing company. I mean, if you have enough guys, you can do that. It's easy for a very experienced plumber to be able to answer your questions, but he's probably not available very much. Having the two can be a tricky thing, yeah, combining the two, right? Having great service and uh, huge knowledge can be uh, tricky, but that's what you want to find because there's some plumbing issues out there, and we get a lot of them where they're hard to find. A lot of times we come in behind, you know, two, sometimes even three companies that just can't quite put their finger on what the issue is, right? And that's just knowledge and experience. So definitely look for somebody with knowledge and experience for sure. Okay, Kevin, thanks a lot for uh, being on the show. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. It was fun. 